Dear Shooter, Ammo shelves have been gloom and doom. Some things have come back, but the price tags have been crazy. What can we look forward to with offshore wars brewing, supply chain, and panic buying going into the election year? Today we bring on Patrick Collins from thegunfood.com and his crystal ball to help us understand what we may look forward to. Of course I'm happy. I'm just checking because I'm like getting the stink eye here. Go do your thing, but get good at your craft first and put your budget to things that really matter at the end of the day. You want to get good at it and make no mistake about it, that's training. Let's face it, if you have a size 62 waist, you are not as tactical as 5'11 might think you are. And we've all seen it. Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. I am your host, Jason Crotto. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTac, empowerment through self-reliance, and Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. Happy Thursday, and uh, we're joined today by Patrick Collins of the Gun Food. And you know, we got quite a few questions for you because we're hearing about ammo shortages and UPS thefts and all kinds of good stuff with ammo going on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, been an exciting few weeks here in the uh, supply industry for our Second Amendment. Uh, but yes, absolutely. So, Patrick, what is, what is it you do on a daily? So, on the daily, uh, we supply ammunition to ranges, to police departments, to consumers, uh, pretty much any people that can legally buy ammunition. All right. So, this um, is Patrick's Ammo Shack, or what is this? No, no. <laughs> this is the gunfood.com. We All got right. uh, two warehouses where we store ammunition here in uh Georgia, and we, we disperse it all throughout the uh, 48 continuous states. Outstanding. Does not include Alaska, Jason Colander. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Give him time. Give him time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you had told me this morning you were having some issues with UPS. What's going on there? Uh, theft is up a little bit with... Uh, some of our uh, logistic partners, if you if you will, um, basically, you know, when society becomes a little uh, challenged uh, financially as well as instability and stuff like that, um, the criminals that are employed by certain logistical partners tend to like to um, go home with some of the products that they are responsible of. And you have a future in politics, sir. So, all right, so you got some dude at a warehouse that's handling packages, and he's putting them in his car instead of putting them on the belt to be delivered. That's what I'm getting out of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's not even just ammo, believe it or not. We've also had a couple of uh, – so uh, what we do at the gun food is we also do some firearms testing as well. So um, uh, we had a, a couple of prototype weapons that were stolen fresh. They didn't even make it to my FFL. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of theft out there right now in the logistics world. How How is this logistics company handling this? Are they making you right, or are they just telling you that, sorry, that's how it is? Well, so 
unfortunately, I mean, first of all, we ship, as far as the outgoing product, we ship everything insured. So our customers can rest assured that they'll always receive either their ammunition or the monetary value of their ammunition slash order. Um, However, uh, on my end, on the business end, and the relationship I have with the UPS, the FedEx, the USPSs of the world, um, we have to file claims. So, uh, for instance, if, if a customer were to buy, let's just say, 5.56. Now, as most of us are aware, 5.56 has gone up almost 40% in the past three weeks or so. If they purchased it three weeks ago or prior to that, it may have been about 45 cents a round or so. Now we're looking at upwards of $0.60 cents a round. Ouch. Um, yeah. So if their package is lost, I, we insure it for that $0.45 cents a round price roughly. Um, but now to replace it, uh, to do what's in good faith of what we honor, it would cost us $0.60 cents to do so. Therefore, it just eats away everything. So that takes a big old bite out of your margin. And yes, uh, customer service and the whole deal. Exactly, exactly. Now, a, a lot of times, and, and as you're aware, a lot of our customers are police departments and ranges, and these are places that you just don't want to get blacklisted with. <laughs> um, so uh, we have to fulfill the order even at the loss. I, I, I promised you, Patrick, I'm not going to blacklist you. I, I know things happen. Did you have an order that didn't get delivered right? No, it was all good. Okay, good. Now, good. now your brother complained about it, but I told him I was like, you know, look, this is this is rain jammo. What are you worried about? It's all there. There is that. He complains about everything. <laughs> he does. This is true. So, from an industry wide, I'm starting to see things like five five six and nine millimeter go into a shortage status. Um, there are retail locations that are either, you know, putting a limit on them and or they don't just have it. So are you seeing these shortages on your side as well? Absolutely. I, 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 want to, I want to dream of the day where I could say there's always ammo right around the corner. But unfortunately, right now, even through our distribution network, which we have uh, now we have eight distribution channels that we can reach out and extend uh, to, to grab into their buckets of ammunition. But almost everybody is out of uh, 5.56. 9mm is still available, but... Um, we've seen about a uh, 15 to 18% price increase on 9 mil. Wow. All right. So when you talk about a shortage, is it the consumer hoarder or is it a manufacturing shortfall? It, it's actually a combination. There's, there's really a bunch of factors that play into um, what what we would consider a shortage or what consumers would consider a shortage. Um, you got... Uh, well, first of all, they cut off, Winchester cut off all of their manufacturing for any type of uh, consumer and non-government agency, including some police departments, which is kind of sad. Um, so they make about 30% of what's available for consumers. To get that off, okay, so now you're down to 70%. What do they um, attribute cutting those customers off for? I mean, they're allocating somewhere else. Yes, I, I do believe that they're either ramping up for um, stockpiling for war or they're trying to support uh, interests overseas, a.k.a. war. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's going someplace else, not to a consumer market. Yes. So the supply is solid. It's just being gobbled up someplace else. 
Well, that's if you want to say the supply is solid, too. They just re- released their new was a next generation weapon uh, system. Uh, and so they have to ramp up the ammo production of that so that we can issue those firearms out to our service members. Um, so there has been rumors in the mill stating that, you know, they're trying to get those machines up and running instead of the standard nine mil five, five, six, uh, and even some 45. What, um, what, what caliber is that? Do you know? Uh, it, it's a special, I think it's a 300, uh, or, or, uh, uh, 30, um, I don't know exactly which caliber it is. I do know that it is completely different um, as far as the assembly process of the of the round. It's not just a primer and a casing. It's a primer with a subcasing, and then it has the uh, then it has the regular casing, and then it has the projectile. So it it's assembled very differently. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So just in NATO cartridges overall, you're starting to see the numbers dwindle to what's available to us. Correct, correct. Do you have a yes, timeline on this, or is it just kind of that nebulous COVID crystal ball? Uh, it's a crystal ball at this point. I do know that um, my distributors are claiming that they do not have 5.56. Um, 9 mil is harder to get, or hard to get, but not as hard as 5.56. 5.56 is right now is clamped down. I heard Patrick had a crystal ball. That's exactly <laughs> what I heard, and we'll be calling him again to find out what's coming up and available. Well, and, I, and I'll tell you what, I'm seeing an investment opportunity here. You know, we've, we've always talked about oil futures. Um, I'm, I'm getting into the ammo futures market. What well, is precious yeah. metals? Right? Precious and heavy metals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're saying we're going into a shortage before an election year, and we all know what an election year does. Yeah. Well, do we attribute yeah. that to an election year? Or we're, we got two wars right going on well, right now. Well, it's that, and the election years are always screaming gun control, always, and it makes people buy things they don't need. That would be the consumer market hoarder that I talked about we've seen before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about 22. Um, so that's interesting because 22, I believe, will be the next after we the common rounds, right? The nine, the 45 and the five, five, six. We'll call those the common rounds after the common rounds. Then you have the slightly common rounds, which would be 308 and um, 22. I think at that point, I think those are going to dwindle as far as availability, uh, probably about three to four months down the road. Um, so we have a little but, time, but not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. Gosh, dang it. So I guess that means I need to get with you here in like the next day or so and make my order for 22. Well, I mean, uh, it sounds sure. like you need to put a multi-caliber order in, to, I mean, at least get in the list. Right. How long are you guys keeping allocations out? Right now, my combine set at about, I think we are good until the end of the year, minus 556, five, which we're probably at three weeks. Hmm. Hmm. Everything else we're pretty well stocked on, but five, five, six in particular, uh, probably three, maybe, maybe a month, maybe a month. All right. So, all right. So just for our listeners, how do they get a hold of you? Just gunfood.com? It is thegunfood.com. Uh, and we sell ammunition. We've had 
quite a few successful hits on Google. So if you look up uh, what type of ammo your gun uses or gun food or anything that your gun consumes, you'll probably find a. Interesting. Good. So uh, just a little background here. You, you and I were talking about this one day. Um, how, you know, I- explaining to the the reason why you call your company the gun food. <laughs> Well, I'm actually a foodie myself, but uh, I started the company, um, let me get a little further back. I started off in the firearms industry as a, uh, as a competition shooter, um, and then from there I became a firearms instructor, and of course, all this time I've been developing my network with all the folks, both on the competition side as well as, uh, comp- um, as, well as instructing. Then, uh, and then I got tapped on the shoulder to do some political stuff. And then uh, the first ammo crunch hit, and um, folks were looking for ammunition. And I had one of my uh, my dear friends slash instructors say, "Hey, I need to put food on the table, but I don't have ammunition to do my job as an instructor." So started selling cases of ammo, um, and then cases and cases of cases. And uh, basically, I was feeding his family based off of his orders uh, through me. Um, and then I kind of put one plus one together and, uh, you know, people always ask me, hey, what is the gun food? And I'm like, well, what does your gun eat? Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> so yeah. do you handle anything outside the, the normal NATO cartridges? Do you dabble in the Creedmoors, the, the specialty six millimeters? Do you, do you do anything outside? Absolutely. I mean, the... The market isn't the same because, you know, when I originally started the company, I was starting at four instructors and or the instructor students as well as police departments and ranges. Um, and they typically, I mean, you name the top five, the 22, the 9 mil, um, 45, 556, 762, 308, that's six. But, um, you know. Once you start getting a side of those, yes, we still have them in stock. In fact, we have we just crossed our 800 um, SKU. So nice. We we have over 800 SKUs in stock at this current moment, um, uh, in various different quantities. Now, of course, you know you, you, we can't we won't have five pallets of uh, six eight Western. <laughs> um, oh come on. Nobody yeah. needs five pallets of six eight Western. Yeah, I mean a case will do you just fine for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I, I mean, mean we we do you don't know me. <laughs> All right, so yeah, three hundred PRC. Are you carrying it? <laughs> we might have a case that I have to blow a dust off of, but yeah. <laughs> There you go, Jason. Uh, I right. hear I hear clearance prices if he's blowing dust off. I, of I do too, and I'd like to know uh, what the type is and 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 what the uh, lot number is on that too. <laughs> yeah, his, his ELR gun is is a pretty impressive three hundred PRC, and the way he does mm. shoot it, it, it eats it eats well. Oh wow! Oh, it eats oh, wow. well. Not as well as Brandy six five PRC though, because for whatever reason. Her ammo, being a lesser cartridge, is more expensive. Go figure that. Because it's better. <laughs> so six five PRC, you got that sitting around? Uh, that's a good question. He you're, doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah, that's a I don't maybe. Know on that. <laughs> it's a solid maybe. 
once you get past 40, um, 40 Smith and Wesson, that's when I start to kind of, I got to look. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and this, this camp's pretty heavy on the, the rifle cartridge world. Uh, we, we shoot some pistols and Jason teaches quite substantially in the handgun, but our passion is to reach out and it's the long gun stuff. Um, so, you know, oh. six Cree and six, five Cree and six, five PRC. Well, and, and, and that's actually how I met Patrick. We were at uh, Kevin Dixie's event over in Missouri this spring, and I was I was teaching the carping portion of it. So, I, you know, Patrick's pretty familiar with the fact that we play with guns, and we play with rifles substantially. Did you let him feed your six arc? I didn't take it. What? I was kind of limited on space. I'm pretty sure that six arc went everywhere with you. No, it didn't go to that one weird but they were playing with a 50 so you know whatever but you know what happens when you take your six arc on a trip yeah don't it gets you? stolen no, out of the no, damn car we're not going there that's a really sore subject <laughs> too soon <laughs> yeah they took my rifle but they didn't take the ammo thank god oh so you have a bunch of six arc ammo with no rifle to feed I didn't it to say that out loud did i <laughs> maybe <laughs> so is six arc one of the things you guys offer uh, we have had it on our uh, menu in the past. In the um, past. Don't, don't, don't know what the current quantity is, though. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, yeah. do you guys follow the trends and get into the new stuff? Like, I'm seeing ads for a 22 arc, which is nothing more than the Valkyrie revisited. But don't. Yeah, I mean, we carry, we carry all different types of ammunition. Um, especially, you know, when ordered in quantity, we get it allocated from our distributors quite easily and quickly. Um, but I mean, to keep the website simple, we may not have it listed. However, you shoot us an email and we can let you know time frame and everything else with it. So if I don't see it, I can reach out and ask. Absolutely. In fact, I like this guy more and more. (laughs) I told you, you didn't believe me. Well, I've yeah. dealt with Midway, and I've dealt with Brownells, and I've dealt with just about everybody under the sun, and they all have their definite hard limits. A lot of them don't touch these these cartridges we're talking about. And at the fact that I can reach out to a dude and have, hey, do you have that crack I need? Yep. And see, yeah. see, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he will do a, a deal on a street corner, you know, I'd make sure there's no lights. No cameras. Did you do that at Dixie's thing? I did, actually. <laughs> it was one yeah. of your scopes. <laughs> in in the parking lot of the hotel. Good on you. Good on you. <laughs> so I'm hearing there's really no restrictions. We just got to ask. Exactly. All exactly. Right. Yeah. All right. You know, so I'm sitting here in the Deer Shooter podcast, and I've got my favorite glass in front of me. It's full of 10th Mountain Whiskey. I like the single malt. And I got to tell you, the more I have of this stuff, the more I appreciate it, especially for its age. It it tastes way further past its aged mark. Um, I've tried lots of bourbons. And from an honest connoisseur perspective, this is good stuff. So just a real shameless endorsement from Lucid Optics and Their Shooter Podcast. If you don't like 10th Mountain Whiskey, fuck you. This stuff's good. Well, and don't forget, we're always supporting those that support us. Outside and that, 
I'll be honest. I think this stuff's making me taller. It might be. <laughs> so to get taller with an extra 10% off, go to 10thmountainwhiskey.com and use our promo code DEARSHOOTER to get 10% off your next order. I'm going to pour some more. So you do a lot of, of political advocacy for the Second Amendment. Uh, talk to us about that a little bit. Who, who all are you involved with and what have you been doing in, in that regard? Well, I mean, I'm a lifetime member for both state and national um, different organizations. Uh, SAF is one of them. I spoke at Gun Rights Policy Conference out there in Arizona uh, a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, let's see. I spoke up in Massachusetts with uh, Gun Owners Action League, Goal up there. Um, actually, that was quite interesting. That was in my hometown. So I actually got to speak about my old neighbor uh, in my hometown. And uh, luckily, we got him to back down, but he—I know he's back at it with a second revision. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a big pain. You know, this is a never-ending battle. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're highly active in the community. We do a lot of work with GOA as well. We've uh, sponsored probably five or six events with GOA this year, um, and. In, among various different means, whether it was donating ammo uh, for the event and or helping to procure and source that ammo uh, for other events. Um, but, yeah, we're aligned with a lot of different um, organi- national organizations as well as state-level organizations here in the state of Georgia. That's awesome. And, actually, you provided me with some ammo uh, for an event that I did with GOA earlier this summer. Oh, is that oh, where you man, got the stuff? That's, that's where I got yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So, so I mean, I'm a endowment member with the, the NRA, and with the NRA doing what they've been doing lately, I've been looking for another outlet for Second Amendment advocacy. And GOA has been making a lot of really impressive moves lately. So, I've been headed that way for about a year. You're you're yeah. late to the party, dude. I know. I I'm stubborn. I'm weird that way. Loyal. Well, you know, there's almost there's only so much loyalty to a sinking ship, dude. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. As much as I hate to admit it, you're probably right. You know, I can tell you that uh, my one of my first shows, and this is probably in 2019, um, as the Gun Food, we had a table set up right next to GOA, and Eric Pratt was there. So I got a lot of uh, table time with Eric Pratt and. And just uh, learning about him and the organization and became uh, a a very strong supporter of their uh, different events around the country. Well, Jason had him out here beginning of the year, kind of springtime. Yeah, Yeah, it's June. And we got to drink with Eric a little bit and John and a couple of other guys and good people. I was truly impressed. Mm -hmm. That was was a fun event. And... uh, you know, I, 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 I see some pretty cool things to come, uh, what came out of that. Absolutely. Um, you know, an organization like GOA, things move a little bit slower, but uh, in the future, I, I think you can see some pretty good cooperation between WyoTech and GOA. I, after that, talking to those guys and hanging out with them, I, I became a life member. I did as well after I learned a couple things about the pistol brace deal. So, yeah, I signed up that day. Yeah. 
Excellent. So yep. what, do you, what do you got on the docket for, you know, now till like the end of the year? Well, it's really just inventory management at this point. <laughs> um, you know, trying to see where this market is heading. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, especially with these wars brewing. It's Ukraine. Uh, I guess you could say that was the first one. And then there's second one being the whole is uh, Israel conflict. Um, and then there's also a, a couple of hidden ones that nobody's really considering that truly threaten us, like the China-Taiwan right. uh, relationship, as well as the North Korea-South Korea, South Korea um, uh, issues that are happening up there. Um, our relationships with all of those said countries and, of course, their enemies, depending on the way you're looking at it, um, but all of our relationships have dwindled. I mean, and I'll start with the biggest one that we've kind of stopped, which is Russia, right? Russia provided a lot of the steel case ammunition for our country, a lot. Um, uh, and uh, when they put that ammunition embargo or ammunition ban for importing uh, Russian am- ammunition, um, that really impacts us. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, people don't realize how much of our ammunition is truly imported, and not even so much the ammunition, but the components. Uh, because the EPA has has put regulations to the point where we can't manufacture a lot of this stuff here. Yeah. So you're going to yeah. open the conversation about components, which is very close to me as a reloader. Oh, absolutely. Um, what are you seeing in primers, Patrick? I mean, are you seeing anything motion? Do you guys deal in components at all? We deal uh, with components, and, uh, you know, powders and primers, um, not so much on the on the bullets or casings. Um, but, yes, the primers and the powders are two uh, auxiliary uh, uh, sales uh, products that we do have available. Uh, in fact, uh, Jason and I have been talking about I have some powder that uh, definitely needs to needs to get out of here for sure. Um Really? Yeah, but, uh, they're, they're, he, he, he sent me, and in fact, i got to look at it again, but uh, yeah, he sent me some, some uh, I don't know how many pounds of Vargate you, you had, and it's one of those things I have a ton of. But I'll use it. Oh, you'll use it. Well, they, here you go. Because <laughs> in my three hundred eight and my five five six, Vargate's king. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. But I'm, I'm at the point now where I have enough, I have enough powder. I'm going to run out of primers before I run out of anything else. Well, exactly. Let's get back to the topic at hand. Right. Primers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've watched these things go from $3 a hundred to $12 a hundred. Oh, I've seen them as high as $50 for a hundred. Oh, God. I haven't seen that yet. That's scary. But, to be fair, that was in, 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 you know, liberal lander. But it's a supply and demand issue. Right? It is. Are there just not enough primers coming to the consumer market or what's going on there? Yeah, you know, honestly, I think that there is some, and you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but I do think that there is some effort that's being made by either companies and or government entities in restricting the amount of components that are available for consumers. Um, And and I've had this conversation. In fact, I had the conversation with Matt Mallory, uh, another one of the instructors from uh, KD's event, and we had talked about them and they, uh, sorry, the uh, ATF in general, um, restricting 
the use of simunition rounds. And I'm like, crimes are not committed with simunition rounds. They're actually harder to get a hold of and more expensive than regular ammunition. Um, a lot of that stuff's restricted to instructors and police departments. Yes, yes. And so if the ATF can go ahead and, and, and block things like that from being able to be sold, uh, you know, who's to say what other agency or including the ATF is blocking the, the sale of primers and or artificially causing an increase in price to primers and other said components? Absolutely nothing. Join the conspiracy. Come to the dark side. Well, it's not a conspiracy if it's true, y'all. Uh, it, well, and, and, and what's the difference between a conspiracy and fact? It's about three months at this point. It's a timeline. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. It's exactly right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, on primers, what are you seeing going out first? Small rifle, large rifle, large rifle magnum. Well, what's the hard one to get? Uh, oh, the hard one to get. Uh, <laughs> Pick one. Because my local gun store doesn't have any of them, so I just thought I'd ask the expert. Oh, well, I mean, we still have an, uh, a decent supply of uh, most of the primers that are out there. Um, and I, I got to admit, I am not the person that handles my inventory. So um, as far as primer sales are concerned, I do not know you know, what is readily available or what the price or marketing is for that. Because, again, those are basically on the ask basis um, versus us supplying them and knowing the price of it. Um, but I'm, I am fairly confident that most primers and components are still available through my distribution channel right now. now well, I, I, I can tell you right now that offline we're going to be having a conversation about primers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. I've got a definite <laughs> list of ask if that's the case. Yes. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Because powder I can get. Brass I can get. Projectiles all, I can find. All our local stores have are the pistol primers. That's right. Small yeah. pistol. And, and, but rifle primers, they're becoming skinny. And if I dip below 10,000 primers in my case, um, I've got a problem. Yeah, they had a brick last time I was in there of large rifle primers. For a hundred and twenty nine dollars. Oh God! Mm-hmm. It's getting crazy, but the the fact of the matter is the 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 projectiles that we shoot, the the, the calibers and stuff that we shoot, and the guns that we shoot, ninety percent of it is is reloads because we cannot find factory ammunition that our guns like. And it's about consistency too. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't always buy a full entire lot of something. Right. So I have to build it. Well, that's on a competitor side because we're very particular about our ammo when we're competing. Well, we we are. I mean, and if you think about it, I mean, the last competition that you and I went and shot, we you know, it was a it was an ELR competition, so we were shots beyond two thousand yards. But in two days, we shot well over two hundred rounds a piece. Right. So when you start talking about components and primers and reloading, like you've got to order in quantity, and and minimum we're talking bricks. And if you don't have the food, your gun can't eat. That's right. And my guns yeah. are hungry. Yeah. This is why we have the guy on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Get the expert. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So what else should be we watching for as the market kind of 
spirals towards January. I mean, where are we really needing to invest now? Um, well, here, here, here's something that I have, I've explained this to folks. Um, I warn people, be careful where you buy your ammunition from, because a lot of their pricing is based off of contractual agreements on a previous year's sale. So these big box stores might be selling ammunition at a, you know, a reasonable price. Let's just say nine millimeter at $15 a box but your demand or your purchasing from their your consumption of their ammunition might drive the price up to let's just say seventeen dollars a box the next time they go to renew their contracts, um, which you're creating an artificial increase in sales because you're just going to buy it from them. Which is kind of opposite the way free market economics work um, when you're buying in more bulk you should get a better price that is absolutely correct that is absolutely correct however Creed. when you're dealing with a contractual agreement um, uh, from the big box stores you know they get trailers or trailers of ammunition and on a weekly basis um, those big box stores will honor the price that they have it listed as but when they go to renew it, it's going to be a lot more. Because they got to make up for the fact that they they overbought. Exactly. So on the other side of it, though, is you watch folks like Cheaper the Dirt, um, they historically have marked things up based on a frenzy, and they capitalized on the greed side of things. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I don't want to the competition, but yes, they... Uh, they tend to uh, take advantage of their millions and millions of subscribers on their email list. And when they say they have something available and you tell your wife or your husband, hey, go out and buy a box of ammo from this website, they're just going to go out and do it. They're not going to go out and do the research <laughs> and, and, and understand that, hey, if you buy a box of ammo from, let's just say, the gun food, you're supporting someone who supports the Second Amendment versus someone that's on a yacht just cashing in on your money. Ooh, that's so, a good line. That's a really good I line. I do like that. So, yeah. Patrick, let me ask you this. Do you, do you guys do, um, like, email blasts if you've got overstocked on something, you're trying to move it? Uh, no, I, I don't do email blasts in that regards. I just do uh, newsletters that inform consumers of uh, the different trends and the different events that we're involved with, um, just so that they understand. If they feel like you know our pricing is high, which I, I think we're very competitive, but if they feel like our pricing is high, it's usually because these are you know a portion of it. Let's just say a quarter or whatever it is. A portion of the proceeds goes towards supporting a lot of the 2A events and um, organizations that are out there. Okay, and I can get behind that. So how, how do we sign up for your newsletter? Uh, if you go to thegunfood.com, and you'll see a link that says join our network. And from there, you could do that. And, uh, yeah, we're about to send out a, a blast actually on Friday. Cool. So yep. I'm, I'm going to be racing out and... I'm going to go make sure I'm signed up for it. I'll do it tonight. Yeah, I, I'm already typing. Everybody listening out there today <laughs> on a Thursday needs to make sure that they pay attention on Friday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were involved uh, over the past four months. We've gotten involved in almost a dozen different events. 
um, whether it was sponsorship, presence, or uh, whatnot. We do a lot of uh, women's training events and, uh, because they're the biggest growing, uh, biggest growing um, demographic in our industry. Um, so, yeah, we do a lot of uh, help trying to get more folks involved. Well, I'm going to ask a very shameless question here. I run a small media event called Ballistic Summit. We do it in September every year at the Whittington Center. Now it's a media event. I bring manufacturers in and media in, and I force them to get together and drink together and live together and eat together and spend time on the range together. And obviously, if we're doing this, it's time on the range, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to plant the seed. If you're interested, we'd be looking for an ammunition sponsor for next year's event. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, whether it's a, I don't know quite what it's signing up for, but we we would absolutely entertain the idea. Um, you know, if it's a certain ammo count per student or maybe just coverage of the instructors or even just discount ammunition available, uh, or we have an instructor program too, where um, we provide you with a link, and you can uh, send it to any of the participants to receive a ammo at a huge, huge discount. Um, we do things like that. So, yeah, well, I mean, it, and I would probably ask you to come to the event, um, be an exhibitor, showcase what you do, because the manufacturers and the media both will promote you. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things. It's a win-win, right? And I'm not asking for free ammo. I'm asking you to come and showcase what you do. Oh, absolutely. Yes, we would definitely be interested in that. Um, we'd have to check this calendar and, you know, make sure the moon's aligned and everything's uh, great for that. But, yeah, no, we, we would definitely be there or have some type of representation there for sure. Well, typi- right. typically it's, it's the week after Labor Day. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it'd be like the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So just make sure your calendar's clear, because um, if I have to come to Atlanta and drag you to Raton, I will do it. It's a good time. <laughs> you won't be sorry you went. That's a long drive. Hey, I got to do it already, because um, I'm sure I'm going to be seeing you at Kevin Dixie's event in at Memorial Weekend. Yes, you will be. You will be. In fact, I was the first person to buy it for the 2024 uh, Train and Learn event. Cool. <laughs> Yep. And then, uh, are are we going to be seeing you a shot? Yes, yes. Uh, my staff, I'm actually bringing quite a few staff members as long as I can get them through the uh, SHOT Show uh, registration process. But I'm going to be bringing quite a few staff members uh, over to SHOT this year. I, I'm definitely in. It shouldn't be that hard. I mean, it's Vegas. Well, <laughs> 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 that's a whole different topic, but... Uh, yeah, for for individual, yes, it's easy um, if you're in the 2A community. But I typically would like to bring some of my staff so that they can understand the networking that we do as well as the relationships and partnerships that we establish with a lot of the different manufacturers, suppliers, distributors, and all of the above. Sure. So, and it's, you know, you guys know, Shot, it's, it, you know, a week of – being on your feet, I think I've averaged 17 miles a day. Um, it, it's, a, it's a lot. <laughs> Lightweight. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been doing shop for 20 years, and I can tell you I, I wear out a pair of shoes every time. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a lot, especially 
you know, I, I like to catch some of the uh, info sessions that they have, especially with like uh, the ATF in particular. Um, being in the room with the enemy of 2A, uh, <laughs> it's always interesting and um, getting some questions answered as well, visiting all the different booths that are there. Heck yeah. Lots of fun. It, it, always a good time. And, and oh. Kevin Dixie's event's always a good time, his train and learn event. Um, you know, that's where you and I met, and uh, it, it, that was an incredible event this year. I, I think Kevin pulled that off perfectly. Yes, I, I was so impressed that by the end of the first day, I bought the registration for the next year. I, I just said, this is too invaluable. Even if I can't make it myself, I'm going to send someone from the staff to go. If not, I'm going to definitely buy more um, tickets for my staff because it's that's something else. Uh, you know, a lot of folks don't understand the importance of being well-rounded in this industry. Um, you know, it's great that you're an instructor. It's great that you're a great shooter. But do you have the marketing skills? Do you have the business skills? Do you have the training skills? Um, hands-on skills, the f- medical skills, long range I mean, everything. <laughs> well, and that, 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 that's my, my, my ultimate goal is sooner or later I'm going to drag the, the Deer Shooter podcast, the, the entire crew, to that event. Oh, that would be amazing. You've got to be careful taking me to do an event like that. I know I do, but you know what? I'll just put a muzzle on you. It'll be fine. You, <laughs> made, you, you think made, you can muzzle me? All right. You made, ding, Kevin, ding, get in the ring. you made Kevin mow your lawn while he was here. So. Oh, God. Well, yeah. Okay, so I didn't make him mow my lawn, but he did drive my lawnmower. He was, okay, so... So Kevin came out here for a, a carbine course that, that I was putting on. And that's when I, then I, when I first met Kevin Dixie. And at the end of the day, we all went to Jason Wilson's house, and he had just finished mowing his lawn and still had a zero-turn lawnmower out on, uh, on the lawn. And Kevin decides he needs to jump on this thing and start doing cookies in the lawn. We get video of this. So later that year... Two, three months later, we're, we're at Ballistic Summit. Kevin's there. And he's relating this story to everybody and how he can't wait to come back to Wyoming. And, uh, and, and I make the offhand comment that, you know, well, yeah, Wilson needs his lawn mowed again. And about this time, Wilson walks out the door and says, well, what do you do with the only black man in Wyoming? As so, you can imagine, that that became an epic point of conversation with Kevin. So, uh, some months later, I go to my very first train and learn event, and Kevin is telling this story to all of these people that tell them not to go to Wyoming because we were going to lynch him. <laughs> and now I'm standing there. I'm the only white guy in Missouri. <laughs> You can imagine how that went. Oh, yeah. The fact of the matter is, guys, the gun culture is colorblind. It it, it absolutely is. I mean, the best line came from Brandy. We were at Ballistic Summit, and someone made the comment that Kevin Dixie was black. And in a shocked horror, she makes his face. She goes, you are? When did this happen? (laughs) Because I don't care what color you are. This industry is Mm -hmm. colorblind. It, it, it absolutely is, and and I, I've I've said this time and time again: the the gun culture, 
the firearms culture, we are a better culture because we are the culture of this nation's founding. Correct. Mm-hmm. Freedom for all. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that you know it, it it's us it's it's Patrick it's the gun food it's it's all of these people that come together and coalesce and promote that culture. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the comeback he has, ladies and gentlemen. That's all <laughs> <Yeah>. he's got. <laughs> he's he's nodding too. I can he's, hear. He's it. getting tired. He's like two hours ahead of us. So so your time it's what it's it's after eleven now right? Is it? Oh yes, it is. It's actually, he <laughs> needs a cocktail and go to bed, right? <laughs> well, Patrick, I I, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, you're an absolute wealth of information, and I I, I know we're going to have you on again. Um, and like I said, uh, off air, we're we're going to get with you. We're going to find out about primers. We're going to find out about ammo and and anybody else that wants to know thegunfood.com if you don't see it on the website get a hold of them they will let you know what their inventory is what their time frame is and and you're going to get a good deal on this and they're going to get it to you I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it stay online Patrick after the show absolutely absolutely <laughs> thank you guys for having me uh, it's been a pleasure I enjoy talking ammo uh, as you guys know I could probably talk about ammo all day and all night that's a good thing because sometimes we just have a hard time coming up with topics we can always talk about ammo oh yes oh yes yeah alright so you guys check out thegunfood.com for all your ammo needs your component needs uh, Patrick's a great guy to work with uh, I, I will vouch for him all day every day and twice on Sunday and until next week, you guys just keep blaming the gun. <laughs>